At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. We welcome you back into the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Thanks so much for joining us Monday morning on the West Coast here in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi joining us early afternoon on the East Coast. I'm Ben Wilson. Matt Santos, our producer behind the glass, technical directors, Liz Foster, Matt Hicks downstairs. We've got Kev on audio as always. And Michael, it's NFC West Day. We're talking a little uh, L.A. Rams. Fascinating team this year. Normally, we, you know, the, the whole defending champ, it's, you kind of just pencil them in as just an auto. All right, they're going to be right there at the end the following season. Uh, just from a general sense where do you stand on a Rams team that certainly will have a very difficult draw on the schedule right away hosting the Bills opening night there to defend their championship and one that is a favorite but not an overwhelming favorite this year to win the NFC West well I mean look the, the Rams have done a remarkable job with Sean McVay of being able to withstand really not having injuries I mean they've been able to keep all their core players healthy when they need them the most and you know they are they're able to get by with very little depth and they've never really had that issue. And I think ultimately, you know, that's going to be something that you always have to keep in mind. You know, now they've had some cap casualties. I mean, they get rid of their one of the best punters, Johnny Hecker, in the league. They've got to sign Riley Dixon from the Giants, you know, to be the punter. You know, field position does matter. So it's going to be interesting to see that. But, look, as long as they've got the core offensive players the way they're going, and Note Bloom, the left tackle, can handle the job. Last year when he filled in for Andrew Whitworth, he did a really good job at left tackle. Surprising to me that he was able to do that. So, look, I, I think the Rams are, you know, the way McVay coaches, the way he game plans, 
they're going to be a tough out every single week because of that and because of Stafford's ability to make plays and do what he does in the passing game. You know, I mean, they throw the ball up the field, the second in the National Football League in yards per attempt. Mm -hmm. And when you can make big plays in the passing game, you don't always have to have long drives to get points. Joe Nopum, who you point out, he will replace Andrew Whitworth there as the left tackle, only allowed five pressures on 142 pass-blocking snaps last year. Pretty good for a guy who was basically a rotational fill-in and a backup at times a season ago. It's a, it, what is interesting about their overall offensive, uh, the way they deploy things here, Michael, is the fact that rushing-wise, I mean, last year they found success even though it was uh, one of the worst run games in the National Football League, 30th in uh, EPA per play there on the run game a season ago. But uh, as you mentioned, I mean, based on the core they have offensively, the way they're able to stretch the field in the passing game, do you, I mean, how much more balance does there need to be for the Rams? Or, or, or do you believe they can still get away with what they're doing as long as they have the downfield threats available there to Matthew Stafford and good pass well, protection as well? Well, they have to run the ball because Sean McVay, like Kyle Shanahan's all play action. And last year, I mean, their margin for error last year was small, right? I mean, they win that Tampa. They turn the ball over. They're minus two in turnover takeaway against Tampa. You know, the San Francisco game was a push. And really, it should have it should have gone to San Francisco because they dropped the interception. They win the Super Bowl, Ben. You know, they win the Super Bowl. With, they're minus two in turnover takeaway. You know, and so it, it, and they couldn't run the ball in that game. They only ran for 43 yards against a, a Cincinnati Bengal team that they had 23 attempts. They were trying to run the ball. So, you know, I, I think teams will start to play them a little differently. They've got to protect the football. They've got to be able to protect the football. And, and that was something in the last half of the season, even though they were able to win games. I mean, they were minus two against Minnesota, won that game. They were minus mm -hmm. one against Baltimore, won that game. You know, they were they were minus they were they were even against San Francisco. They lose it in overtime. I mean, they were able to overcome negativity within that all ultimately because of their ability to move the ball and make plays also because of their ability to generate field position. I mean, they they were the eighth best team in the National Football League in average yards per drive. That's pretty good when you're playing on a shorter field. That's what you want. And they'll, they'll try to use that as well. I would think, Michael, to counteract the fact they have the second toughest schedule this year, at least by the preseason win totals we have here in Las Vegas. Uh, and in, in addition to it's about keeping the core healthy. Really the one guy who we saw get hurt down the stretch last year was Tyler Higby. And we just saw over the weekend one of their beat reporters, Jordan Rodriguez, reports that he is expected to be fully cleared from the knee injury that he suffered in that NFC Championship game win against the Niners. Expect him back by the start of the regular season, uh, if not sooner. Uh, where do you stand on a guy like Higby, who certainly is, is yet another dimension to a passing attack that was very, very explosive last year. Well, I think when you add him into it, you know, and they missed him in the playoffs, certainly, you know, they had they, Blanton ended up playing, then Blanton got hurt. They had to go to Hopkins, the son of the former Tennessee Titan left tackle. So they, they were they were struggling in there. I, I think ultimately everything offensively with the Rams is how good their offensive line plays. You know, we mentioned Note Bloom, Haverstein at right tackle. The inside of that line's got to play well. If they do, they have enough skill. I mean, just think about this, Ben. 81 times Cooper Cup, who we know he's getting the ball, converted third downs. 81 times. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know he's getting it, and yet he's getting first downs. It's and, and he's hard to stop. And the chemistry between he and Stafford is real. Now, you know, we know Stafford's a tough guy, and we know he plays through a lot of pain. But if they miss any time with Walford as the backup, is that going to hurt them? And the schedule, like you said, it's always going to get tougher. I mean, you know, when you're playing the defending champion, it's never you – know, you don't have a bye week. I mean, you open up – I mean, look, they put you right into Buffalo. 
you know, now you play Atlanta, no big deal. You got Arizona, San Francisco, Dallas, and Carolina before the bye. So you have two teams from the South. You're playing the South, so you figure, you know, they should win that. Then they mm-hmm. come back. San Francisco, Tampa. I mean, they'll have played San Francisco twice by week eight. And Pretty, it doesn't yeah. get easier. You know, it doesn't get easier. Oh, They've right. got the Raiders. they got the Packers. they got the Broncos, Chargers, and then Seattle at the end. Two back-to-back games, too, New Orleans and Kansas City. Those are, regardless of how those teams are looking at the time, not easy places to play either. And it's why you're seeing the win total where it's at, uh, at 10.5. And, and it is juiced at just about every shop here to the under. Uh, MGM's got minus 115, as we're showing at, uh, at our screen right now. It has been as high as minus 120 as well, up to the under. Defensively, like you look at a team like the Rams, and I know we were talking so much on how, what you want to see on their scheme-wise on the offensive side of the ball. But when you have Aaron Donald as the, the game's best rusher on the defensive line, when you have Jalen Ramsey, you and I were on the – when we were do, talking on your blue chips for uh, corners, Jalen Ramsey, he's kind of in a class of his own right now on your blue chip list. Is there any reason to believe this defense will fall off at all? Like, what, what does the rest of this unit look like outside of those two who we obviously know are the absolute elite of the elites at their, at their respective positions? You know, much like Tampa Bay, what, what happens when you play the Rams is it's hard to run the football on them, okay? It's hard to run the ball on them. Last year, they, they were fifth in the National Football League in yards per attempt. So it's challenging to run the ball on them. So what happens is now what's the cause and effect of that? So now teams have to throw the ball more. Now, obviously, they get behind in games they have to throw it. So they're 27th in, in passing attempts that they've seen against them. But here's where they gain the advantage. They're third in interceptions. So the more you throw against them, the more the propensity is for you to make a mistake. And so all of a sudden, a close game becomes a game where they route you in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a game where they take over. And because of the way they are, it's just, to me, it's the way to play defense today. You've got to be able to stop a team from having any balance. Like if you're the Raiders, you want teams to you want to get the lead on teams, and you want them to throw the ball so so Chandler Jones and Max Crosby are coming off the edge. It's the same thing here. You know, you want to have Leonard Leonard Floyd, you want to have Aaron Donald, you want these guys coming off the edge because they stop. They're not worried about playing the run. The score eliminates the run, and your run defense eliminates the run. And then when you add in a guy like Ramsey, who's allowed fewer than 500 yards per season, uh, allowed receiving in his, in his time in a Rams uniform, uh, you add that all together. Uh, it, it's the, the interesting part of this, too, for the Rams, they bring in Von Miller, middle of the year, was a, certainly a great addition for them in the postseason stretch. He's now gone. They bring in Bobby Wagner, so they've at least, they're kind of going down the same path, right, looking at vets on the backside of the career, but who can they at least view as still being productive. Uh, how much gas do you think Wagner has left in the tank at this point? They're certainly, certainly going to be reliable on him this year uh, to at least hold some things together in that linebacking core. Well, I mean, he gives Raheem Morris a guy that can get him lined up correctly in the defense, and he gives him some range and check with me, and he gets him into the right things that they want to get into. So, you know, look, they've done a good job of protecting the vets from getting hurt, and they're going to play with the lead because they can score points. And I think that ultimately every game is going to be a challenge for them. I mean, they're going to get everybody's A game. I mean, everybody circles to play the Super Bowl champions, so it's going to be a challenge to, to really go against them, and they're going to have to respond. But, you know, I, I think when, when you watch this team, they'll have enough rushers. I think they'll minimize Devon Miller it, it, losing him. They have enough rushers. They have enough skill. It's all going to come down to the health of the team. Can they stay healthy by the second half of the season when they go that really hard schedule, Vegas, Green Bay, Denver. I mean, those are three hard games in a row. And then you got the Chargers, and then you end up in Seattle. Not easy. 
Yeah, just looking to the schedule, too, the one thing that jumps out, they do not leave the state, I guess the with the exception of a week three game in Arizona, they don't leave the state of California until November 6th. That's, that's yeah. just insane. So you think about, too, how, as you mentioned, how good they've been and, you know, whether this is where this falls in the spectrum of just luck versus skill on keeping guys healthy. But it's not generally something you think can just be automatically repeatable, right? Keeping your whole roster healthy and intact year after year. Is this the type of team you'd maybe look at? Let's say they get off to a you know, high-flying start if they, if they are able to beat Buffalo week one at home and, and start off well. Is this a team you think could, could potentially struggle down the stretch here after a good start, given that it's a relatively early bye, week seven? And then, I mean, it's, again, no trips outside the Western time zone until week nine. And then after that, it gets a whole lot more tricky down the stretch. I don't know if the angle here could be looking at an in-season win total under. If that thing gets jacked up to like an 11 and a half, maybe after the first few weeks of the year, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, they look, they play six six road games after the bye, but one of those six road games is in their own stadium against the Chargers. So really they they don't have a they don't have a true, you know, road they don't have a true road eight game road schedule. They have a seven game road schedule and they play nine games at home. And I think that really gives them advantage. This is all going to come down to Stafford's health and the ability for them to gain balance with their run game especially in an 18-week season. We just saw them go all the way to the Super Bowl last year. Law, I mean, obviously, them and the Bengals, shortest offseason of seasons of anybody. We'll see how that all relates into 2022. Uh, we will still have a couple other spots to talk about NFC West. We'll get your overall thoughts on who you think Michael wins this division uh, and, and any playoff candidates coming out here of the West. We haven't talked to Seattle yet. We're kind of purposely saving them for last. We'll get to them a little bit later. Uh, also, Josh Applebaum going to join us this hour here on the Lombardi line. But up next, we'll transition a little bit, talk some SEC. Football win totals are out. Conference odds out as well on the SEC and college football this year. That is next right here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, king of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? 
I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think I could have took it off, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The VSIN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. Just a couple more weeks here to take advantage. Sign up today to get VSIN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke on Major League Baseball, our NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features the daily best bets email, every single edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now. Vison.com slash summer. I saw Michael. You were beginning some of your uh, your writing breakdowns online as well. You talked Bengals over the weekend, so you're uh, you're getting into the writing now. Uh, with I know you do this every off season. Your uh, your schedule here. What's what's on tap this week? You know, I haven't figured it out. I was going to work on that this afternoon. I, I kind of mm. like previewing some of these teams because it kind of gives me a chance to really study them, watch tape, kind of go right. through their season. I mean, when you break down the Bengals, you know, I I, I was left with: Are they lucky? Or are they good? You know, I mean, to to be able to do what they did, as I wrote in the column, I mean, they're, they they were fortunate, you know. And then in the Super Bowl, you know, they turned the ball, they they forced two turnovers, and they make a horrible decision not substituting, putting Joan Mixon back in the game, and they could have easily had that game go to overtime. I mean, if look, if they call false start on the Cooper Cup play, forget about the pass interference call. That should have never happened. It should have been a pass. It should have been Cooper Cup. False start. They had a, the left tackle move, stopped the play, moved back five yards. Let's see what happens. It, it is really amazing how you break. There's so many games you break down. I know you've talked about this before, how like the not even just like a single play that defines a game, just even the minutia of personnel and who you're deciding to substitute in and out on the field. How, like how much of a difference that makes. It, it's it's truly uh, it's truly astounding. I, you know, I was going back and you know, I don't, don't ask me why I was doing this as a Packer fan, but somebody was was posting clips of that 97 Super Bowl Packers Broncos and how they had, you know, like a first and 10 at the 41. And they showed just this progression of plays where you know, like Favre missed a guy like behind him by like, you know, an inch or two missed yeah. another guy like just a little bit tall and essentially the point was if they convert one first down in a game where they were tied late in the fourth quarter they probably take the lead and probably the final drive never happens but that's something that gets lost to, for you know lost to the discussion forever we would never talk about that it's just amazing how many times over the course of history that ends up uh, ends up playing out and again don't ask me why I'm still reliving my worst nightmare as a child of, of the Packers losing that Super Bowl to the Broncos it's just the point of that's how these things play out so often mm-hmm no and, doubt. And, and, you know, it's a game of inches, let's face it. And one play yes. here, one play there. That's why coaching is so important, too, is to understand that moment and to understand, you know, how you have to take advantage of the – I mean, look, if San Francisco, if, if Tyrant catches that pass, you know, the Rams aren't even there. I mean, look at the Bucks mismanaging of 47 seconds left to go in the half at the end of the game, which gets the Rams the field goal to send the mm-hmm. game – to win the game. 
that and look, it's it, you can go down every like basically every. How about I mean, the, the 13 seconds? Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I'm convinced if if Buffalo gets to the Super Bowl, they're going to beat the Rams. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't I don't have any reason to disagree with you on that. Uh, and, and so your point on the Bengals now, it becomes it becomes something that we have to certainly take the deep dive on as we get into the year. The only other thing I was going to point out on, on Cincinnati, just because this was uh, something I saw over uh, over the weekend where uh, Josina Anderson reporting that Jesse Bates, they say he has no intentions of reporting to training camp or playing on the tag this season. That's their unsigned franchise yeah. player right now at, uh, at safety. How big of a deal is that in, in your I mean, eyes for Cincy? He could have Josina do all his talking for him. It's not going to motivate Mike Brown one bit. Like, I don't know. Does anybody pay attention who Mike Brown is? Like, there is a reason Mike Brown is Mike Brown. He could care less. They drafted the kid out of Michigan. They'll put somebody else in there. The Bengal world will go on. Like, they're not holding on to Jesse Bates to stop their season. And Jesse Bates, I mean, I think he had three interceptions. He's a good player. Sure, he's a really good player. You know, but the fact is, is the, 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 the clock is ticking. Either you sign the tender or you don't play football next year. It's not that complicated. Like, nobody is going to rush to solve this issue. You may get a good deal, but to have Josina Harrison do your bidding or your Mm -hmm. agents telling Josina what's going on, I mean, like, it's a joke. Mike Brown's not going to blink. He's not going to blink. There's no pressure from the outside that's going to make Mike Brown blink. None. No, he didn't we, blink yeah. with he didn't blink with Carson Carson Palmer. You think he's going to blitz blink with Jesse Bates? For, right, for sure. And that's why we find the, these stretches so it's, fun. It's it comical. Just, uh, yeah, exactly. Because you see the reports, it, it's and it's just like, a okay, news story. It's just a way to get more Twitter followers. You know, it's like, okay, sure, you just got that from the agent. Mike Brown's not blinking. He could care less. You don't want to play. You're saving me thirteen million dollars. He loves it. Every game you miss, he's saving a half a million seven hundred thousand dollars. Right. He'd love it. Okay. Yeah, it's not like there's a you know it's not like there's a uh, not a documented history here of, of him doing exactly the same I mean, thing. It's in the not past, like the NBA out. where if you don't have Kevin Durant, you're probably not going to win many games. I mean, Jesse Bates is a good player. Would you like to have him? Sure. You know, would you have paid him? I mean, they kept him because the tag was cheap, but they drafted the kid to replace him. So they give him time, and you know what? That life goes on. Jesse Bates trying to trying to make some coin. At, you know, they were in the Super Bowl, and now he's trying to cash in. It, it's Cincinnati, though. It's not not as easy as you would as you would think, at least there. Uh, let's just talk for a few minutes, Michael. We won't go super yeah. in depth, deep diving here on the SEC, but a couple of teams at the top that are are very much uh, where you have to look at to start this year. Remember Alabama for the way they were beaten down in the national title game. They did win the SEC last year. They beat Georgia in that title game. They are minus one forty favorites to repeat. Uh, they they look. You look at all the recruiting. It's amazing what Nick Saban continues to do each and every year. Uh, from your perspective and from your, your years crossing paths with Nick Saban, how, like, how much of the whole you know, chip on the shoulder edge, it, will this really matter for Alabama when you lose in a national title game, something that, that doesn't happen very often for Alabama, you bring in a top group of recruits here, and you've got, I would imagine, a pretty pissed off Nick Saban all offseason here in Tuscaloosa. Well, I mean, look, you know, he just reloaded. He still has the best quarterback in the conference, right? So he's got Bryce Young. He gets the Georgia Tech transfer, uh, Jameer Gibbs, to, to come in and be another running back. You know, he's got, he's got players that he's brought in from Georgia. Burton, the receiver from Georgia. He's got the kid from Louisville that came in there, Tyler Harrell. So he's reloaded. With, he went into the portal, got some guys. We know he's going to be really good on, on defense. 
you know, so it's going to be challenging. And and look, at College Station, which is the team in his division that's threatening them, they're going to have to go through some transition. Is Mac Johnson, the kid from LSU, the left-handed, Brad Johnson's son, is mm-hmm. he going to be good enough? Is Connor Wegman, a rookie, a true freshman, is he going to be in the mix? You know, I mean, and then how good of a coach is Jimbo Fisher? I, I mean, I don't think people realize Jimbo Fisher, after three years, has the exact same record that Kevin Sumlin had after three years at Texas A&M. Now, you know, Jimbo has a better PR machine. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. But they have the same record. And so we'll see what happens. I, I think the conversation, you know, I mean, LSU is going to be better just because they're going to have a real head coach in there, not some cartoon character who's kind of just telling, go Tigers, you know. I mean, that's going to be interesting to see. And and one thing we know about a program like LSU, they don't just they – re, they, they have talent there. So with coaching and scheme, they could get better. Lane, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss has got, you know, he's got to replace a lot of guys. That's going to be hard to see what he does there. But where's the real competition coming? I think it's in the East. I think the yeah. East is where all the competition is. And I think, you know, whether it's Tennessee or Kentucky or Florida, I think those three teams, you know, I'm a big Anthony Richardson guy. I think he's sensational. I think he's great. I don't understand how he was rotating. I know he was injured. But one thing about the Gators is they were they were one year removed from winning the East last year. You know, and Napier's a really good coach. And I think Heupel's a really good coach up there. I mean, I think Heupel's an outstanding coach at Tennessee. He gets points on the board. He, he makes plays. And then Kentucky's that sleeper team, you know. I mean, they always if they're very good defensively. You know, their scoring defense is very good. They, they don't give up big plays. They play with great toughness. You know, Sangarello, the guy they hired who was the Denver deep offensive coordinator, they got fired. He comes in, he's going to run that Sean McVay scheme. You know, I, I think that's the conversation, Ben. No, totally with you, too. And you think about how, like, the, the parity has certainly – like, if you go down from Alabama and Georgia, the parity has certainly grown where you with, with what Mark Stoops has done in Kentucky. And you see the win totals now. Kentucky getting a lot of respect up to 8.5, even though that is juiced a little bit under at minus 145 uh, with what Josh Heupel has done to try to I revive the Tennessee here. I, football I love Florida program. Yeah. I love Florida and Tennessee over 7.5. I really do. Yeah, I was going to say, too, them. with Florida. So, I mean, plus 120, they're over. And, uh, I mean, the big test is going to be Utah. That They open at home. Home against Utah, big night game there down at the Swamp with you know, like a new head coach in, in Billy Napier. You bring in a new offensive coordinator, co-defensive coordinators, both first years. But sounds like you're pretty bullish based on the quarterback situation oh, there. With I Anthony think Napier's a real. I think Napier's a really good coach, and I think he'll get a lot out of Richardson. And I think that Jay Bateman, who was at Army for years, he was in mm-hmm. North Carolina. I think defensively they'll be improved. Uh, I mean, look, it was a mess with Mullen down there. You know, he couldn't get it right at quarterback. I don't think he got anything right. So I- I'm really, I'm really high on that. I'm high on Tennessee too, just because I think that when you look at, you know, where he's gone. I mean, the Hayden Hooker kid. You know, he had four, he led the Southeast Conference in 40 plus yard plays. He had 23 of them last season. I think they've got a great. I think they've got an offense that can do a lot, score points, and they're always going to be in the game. And keep in mind too, for Tennessee, it is a pretty light uh, non-con schedule. Ball State, Akron at home. They will go to Pitt, but again, Pitt, a team we believe to be in transition. Three wins. Now. That, there's Both three wins they should get right there. That, that that what which gets them closer to eight, which is on that over total. I don't even want to look at where my Missouri tag. Uh, Missouri, 400 to 1 to win. They don't the, even uh, have a quarterback, Ben. They don't even have a quarterback. I know. I know. Look, Connor Bazelak was solid. Transfers out, and uh, now five and a half 
heavy juice there to under. All I saw was that their head coach announced he's going to grow a mustache in the preseason. So that's where we're at right now as Missouri Tiger fans. Michael, I don't know. That's basically it. Not much to get excited about. Uh, we'll at least talk with Josh Applebaum, though. We always get excited talking to Josh. We'll do that on the other side. His NFL Futures thoughts next on the Lombardi Line. the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Ben Wilson with you from the South Point Sportsbook Studio in Las Vegas. We'll get back to the NFC West in a little bit with Michael Lombardi. We'll wrap up the show next, uh, giving our final thoughts on where Michael sees this NFC West standings uh, all, all ending up, where, where that all sorts out. We'll talk Seahawks as well in the next segment a little bit. But for right now, we welcome onto the show Josh Applebaum, host of the Daily Market Insights podcast. You see him every weekday betting across America, 3 to 4 Eastern. I have to think, jo you know, J Josh, looking very, very happy to be on the show as always, Michael. He's always Always a bundle of excitement. <laughs> Home run derby. I'm sure you've got a reverse sharp line steam and different system matches. As crazy as, as, as ridiculous as that is to even suggest. I'm sure you've got some angles on the derby tonight. Let's just get it out of the way, Josh, and then we'll make fun of you after. Oh, sounds good, guys. Uh, ben and Michael, great to be with you. And yes, you are right, Ben. We do have a low bets, higher dollar, sharp. Uh, and it's not a reverse line move because this player is getting uh, the biggest share of bets uh, compared to any other player. But it is a match here on Pete Alonzo. Now, looking at the odds here, Alonzo, of course, going first three Pete here in the home run derby. He won it in 2019, 2020. We had the COVID year, so no home run derby. He wins it again last year. He opened as a, a plus 190 favorite to win this year's home run derby. He got all the way down to plus 155 at BetMGM. So there's right off the bat some movement going toward Alonzo. He's now dipping up a little bit higher to plus 175. We did see kind of a correlative betting move over the last 30 minutes or so. You saw Alonzo take a little bit of a dip plus 155 to plus 175. The player who kind of took a little bit of a leap was Juan Soto. He was plus 600 this morning. Now he's plus 500. So these numbers are moving as we speak. But I think there's a lot of reasons to like Alonzo tonight, guys. From a data perspective, he's getting 19% of bets to win the Derby, but 38% of the money at BetMGM. So that's a plus 19%. Low bets, higher dollar, smart money differential. Tells me a lot of bigger wagers are here on Alonzo. He also has this line move in his favor. I think if you're banking on Alonzo, it's not just an obvious play of, oh, he's won at the last two years, bet him again this year. But I think it's the experience that he's taking into this competition, guys, because, you know, we see it all the time. And again, it's kind of a slow night. There's not much else to bet on. All eyes will pretty much be on either the Better Call Saul episode tonight, one of the last ones, or the Home Run Derby. But in terms of the Derby, Alonzo having been there and done that, you see a lot of these big home run hitters who, you know, it's not that they kind of choke under the pressure, but it's a different kind of competition. You have to pace yourself. You need the experience of kind of how, uh, you know, not go going too crazy too early and kind of wipe out all your energy. So Alonzo has that experience. He's got the biggest bet discrepancy. He's got the line move in his favor. And I'll just throw this at you guys as well. Dave Jouse, Dave Jouse, who's going to be throwing to Alonzo tonight. They have great, great camaraderie here. Jouse has been his pitcher in the last two derbies that he's won. And if you look at Dave Jouse in terms of, and we see this all the time, like sometimes your dad will throw it to you or the pitching coach for your team. But if you get a guy who puts it right in your wheelhouse every single time, you look at some of these stat casts when they have like kind of the, the rectangle there of where the strike zone is, Dave Jouse puts it right down the middle, middle in every single time. So I think that's an advantage, Alonzo's experience. So I'm sweating Alonzo here. I know Dave Tooley and Tooley's takes this morning was also on Alonzo. I'm on Alonzo, again, plus 175 right now to win it. I think if you're looking for one other player to take a shot on, it would be Juan Soto. He's one of the only other players that has had a line move open plus 600. He's down to plus 500. He reached the semifinals last year. I uh, also hit the longest home run, 520 feet last year. By the way, that was at Coors Field. Now, the over-under for the longest homer at Dodger Stadium tonight is 491 and a half feet. I actually lean a little bit, little bit over there. 
Uh, but then also, if you look at Soto, I think he's got something to prove, guys. You know, we saw the reports. He, you know, turned down a 15-year, $440 million contract. He might have something to prove here tonight. He does have a little bit of experience. If you're looking for someone aside from Alonzo, to me, it would be Soto. But I'm sweating the polar bear tonight, wow. guys. Give me plus 175, Alonzo. Does not disappoint, Michael. We figured we would get three no, straight minutes I mean, of Josh talking home I mean, derby. We got it. Josh, I mean, I'm too predictable, if you can, guys. If you, if you could find line movement in that, then God bless you. Good luck. <laughs> I have not made my, my bets yet, Josh, but it, it will more just be uh, – I'm going to go round-by-round round matchups just because – I. come on, this is just – they're throwing darts essentially for, for the long shots. I, like, I get it on Alonzo. It would be making history. It'd be the first guy to ever win uh, three straight home run derbies. I know you've also started to dip your, uh, dip your toes there into the water with NFL win totals here, Josh. So we're talking NFC West today. We opened the show talking 49ers, a team that is that second – betting favorite right now in the NFC West. We're seeing win totals right around 10 there for San Francisco. What's your angle on the, on the Niners and your thoughts on them coming up this year? Yeah, so I think there's kind of a lot of reasons to like the 49ers, even though I think there's kind of kind of some question marks about their team. So on the topic of you guys hitting on the NFC West today, we do have the Rams, which obviously are the favorite here to win that division. Super Bowl defending champs here. You make some good additions with Bobby Wagner and Allen Robinson, Stafford year two. That all makes sense. But to me, the one thing about the Rams would be their win total is 10 and a half, juiced up under minus 115. That may be predicting some regression. I still kind of like that over, but the data doesn't really match with that thought process. Now with the 49ers, to me, they're the other team to look toward for a win total here. They go 10 and seven last year. And here's another example of shopping for the best line. Different books having different numbers. The 49ers at BetMGM win total nine and a half over minus 140. So juiced up for another 10 win season. At DraftKings, their win total is 10 under minus 120. So again, no matter your your take on any of these teams we ever talk about, shop around, get the best number. I'd look toward the 49ers over nine and a half. And I think it's all based on Trey Lance. Like, you know, will they keep Jimmy Garoppolo? Will he be traded? It sounds like his shoulder recovery is going pretty well. But if you look at all the prop bets out there, there's no prop numbers on Garoppolo. They're all on Trey Lance. So if Trey Lance takes the reins, you know, look at him last year. He appeared in six games, five touchdowns, two picks, 630 uh, passing yards here. His prop bets this year, 21 and a half touchdowns, 3,500 and a half uh, passing yards. I would target maybe the, the uh, interceptions here. If he's the full-time guy taking over for Jimmy G, 10 and a half interceptions over minus 130. So they're kind of predicting 11 or more. That kind of makes sense to me. But I think with the Niners, it's, you know, get rid of Jimmy G. He's terrible. Oh, by the way, he's a great winner and his QB rating was 98. But I think even with Jimmy G maybe leaving, even if you think Trey Lance, it might be a little early for him taking over full-time. You still have a great program with Kyle Shanahan, with those great wide receivers, with that great defense. So to me, guys, I'm going to shop around. I'll take that over nine and a half minus 140 with the 49ers predicting another double digit win season. Well, I mean, they've only had two in Kyle's Kyle's ten five years there. I mean, that's just what I'm worried about, Josh, is, you know, Kyle has got a great reputation for being a head coach. He's 32 and 42 overall. He's had two winning seasons when he's been there, and he's made the playoffs. The, the 19th season with Jimmy, he was 13 and 3, and then last year he's 10 and 7. I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about how good Trey Lance is, and I, I'm a little bit concerned about sticking my neck out there without seeing him do it. I, I think this is one line that could move in the preseason based on how much we see of him in the preseason games. I'm not paying attention to any of the rhetoric. I mean, if you remember back last year, 
All we heard about coming out of San Francisco's training camp was how sensational Trey Lance was, how he was pushing it, how nobody knew who was going to be the starter. In fact, it was so obvious that it was a PR campaign that when they asked Jimmy Garoppolo, he had that smirk on his face like he does in the Subway commercial when his grandmother doesn't acknowledge that she that it, that she cooks and <laughs> yeah. basically says, "We know who the we know who's going to be the starter." Who could ever forget that last year? I was quite the quite I mean, the hilarious. That, that's what we're time. dealing with, and that's what we have to remind ourselves about Ben and jo- Josh's that that rhetoric that comes out. I don't think this line is going to move. So what I'm saying is, before you bet it blindly, take some take some time to watch Lance in the preseason. For You're sure. not going to see a lot of them because they've got to script him for success. What they can't have happen is him go out there and look bad. It's why it's why like my strategy, as we've talked about before, I'm going to sit back and wait. I usually don't make any of my futures bets until August at the very earliest. But that's why we've got, you know, Josh, you're on. You've at least already you've got thoughts. You've already <laughs> fired here. Seahawks are the team we're going to talk about next segment here and then get to, into our final NFC West thoughts as well. Uh, we're seeing them down in that five and a half range, expecting a, a big rebuild there. We don't really know what the quarterback situation will be like. One of the worst quarterback situations this year with potentially Drew Locke starting there in Seattle. Josh, what's your angle on the Seahawks? as the presumptive last-place team there in the NFC West. Yeah, I think one thing I look at, Ben and Michael, with win totals in particular is, you know, is the public perception, is the narrative on all the talk radios, the ESPNs, the big programs, does it match what the odds makers are posting? And I think when you see discrepancies, that's when I kind of get excited. So a perfect example here would be the Seahawks. They go 7-10 and 10 last year. They trade Russell Wilson. All you're hearing all year long is they're going to be terrible. They're going to be awful. You know, they can't survive without Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, the Jamal Adams trade where you probably gave up too much to get him. A lot of people just the public narrative, conventional wisdom is they're going to be terrible. And they do have one of the lowest win totals. It is five and a half after winning seven games last year. But unlike Atlanta, who has the second lowest win total five and Houston was the lowest win total four and a half. Both those unders are juiced up with Atlanta and Houston, those bad teams to be even you know worse than we think. The surprising thing about Seattle is even though you're hearing how bad they'll be, and of course, you know, will it be Drew Locke? Will it be Geno Smith? I think you want it to be Drew Locke. He's got you know more upside here. Uh, but. You're hearing how bad they are, yet that 5.5 is over minus 140, guys. That's really kind of interesting to me that we're told this team is awful, and, of course, they are expecting a step back, seven wins, maybe down to, you know, five or six, but it's not 5.5 under minus 140. It's 5.5 over minus 140. So maybe that's kind of a buy opportunity with Seattle. I'm not going to bet any of their futures, you know, to win the division or the conference or, God forbid, the Super Bowl here, here, uh, here. but I do think that over 5.5 is interesting just because the perception doesn't really match what the odds makers are thinking. You do have, of course, you know, the great advantage with the 12th man there. You'll still have that home field advantage. You pick up Noah Fant, tight end there in, in that trade. So I think to me, the, the perception is they're going to be awful, but why is that five and a half juiced up over? Maybe there's something to that. I'd maybe consider a six-win season here and take that over. I know Michael has thoughts, which we're going to talk about next, because that offensive line situation is uh, is a doozy. We're going to get into that, our full breakdowns, and then uh, our, our wrap-up here on the NFC West discussion. But, Josh, great stuff as always. Appreciate the time. We'll catch you, Thank you Josh. today, 3 to 4 Eastern on Betting Across America. And check out Josh's Market Insights podcast every single weekday. Thanks, Josh. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Thanks, guys. Absolutely. All right. Final NFC West discussion. That's coming up next. Seahawks. Where does Michael stand on Seattle coming into this 2022 season? We'll discuss, wrap up the show right after this on the Lombardi line.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with the BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back for the final time on the Lombardi line. Uh, 
just saw this, Michael. Really interesting. We, we just had the conversation for a couple of different players, right? Of this is that whole you're seeing agents feeding reporters different stories, and, uh, and it ends up being kind of the charade of what to really believe here in the offseason cycle. Just saw this, though. Ian Rappaport goes on NFL Network this morning and says J.K. Dobbins is unlikely to be ready by week one in his rehab from the ACL uh, tear from last August. Dobbins just fired back like five minutes ago. He, he says um, he's not even going to go on the PUP list. He says he's damn sure going to be ready for week one. So kind of the opposite of what we normally see, Michael. Very interesting that uh, Dobbins, he's, uh, he's made it pretty clear. He thinks he'll be back for week one. Very interesting. Well, somebody somebody told that to Ian. So obviously whoever, t- whoever told that to Ian, I w- if I were Ian, I would cross that name off my list of <laughs> yeah. believability guys, right? Right. You just got you just got uh, duped there. You know, you just got uh, uh, so I, I think ultimately that's what you have to kind of do. You have to look at that and, and see it through. I think he literally, I think he said, J.K. Dobbins, uh, yeah, who is your source? Because it's, right, it's not the right source. Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. you know, Ian's not leaving Dallas to go watch practice, so he obviously got that from somebody and didn't right. double, didn't check it for validity and, and obviously it proved to be wrong. Now, you know, maybe it'll be right, but Dobbins, clearly players know, you know, and, and I think it does take a year for him to get back. You know, they signed Mike Davis, which was an interesting signing. Mike Davis is one of those players that, He's never good when he gets paid. He's always good when he doesn't get paid, (laughs) right? So he's drafted in the third round out of South Carolina, goes to San Francisco, doesn't really do a lot, goes to Chicago as a signing because he had a good one year in San Francisco. Then he goes to, you know, he goes down to Carolina, Boy, you know, they hit it with him for one year. They let him go, and then he goes to Atlanta. They sign him up, oh, dud year. So now he's back in Baltimore, really, as a as an insurance policy, who can be a really good insurance policy. He's a tough, hard inside runner, who much like Dobbins, you know, which will give that offense a lot of a lot of depth because they still have Gus Edwards there. Yep, and that the tornado you know, late August last year. So again, that it'll be right around the one year mark from when he comes back. It, it'll be close either way, but uh, just just a unique piece of news we see coming out today. Uh, as far as the Seahawks, last team we'll talk about. We'll do it briefly here, then get to your general NFC West thoughts, Michael. Uh, you look at the O line. That's just where I want to start because you're one of the only teams that's going to start two rookies. I think the only team to start two rookies at your offensive tackle positions. Made the investment in Charles Cross at left tackle Uh, you're you're looking to go with Abraham Lucas there at right tackle and given the quarterback situation whether that's Drew Locke or Geno Smith um, just how of a big of an issue will the O-line game be for a team that's already going to be pretty weak at the quarterback spot well, I think they made the commitment that, you know, they had enough of the Brendan Shell, Dwayne Brown, who was arrested over the weekend for carrying a gun. You know, he's not back on the team. You know, I think they've made the decision that we can't keep going down this road. They've got to make changes. They've got to find a way to improve their offensive line. That's step number one. Whether you play young players or old players, you got to play good players. And I think ultimately everything about this Seattle team starts and ends with them being – them being able to get some solid play out of the quarterback position. You know, I think that's going to be critical. And everybody, the reason the over is juiced is because I think the book is protecting themselves in a couple areas. First, they're protecting themselves. If you put Jimmy G on this team, they're not going to be very bad. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but all of a sudden that five and a half is easy to go over. That's one. Two, Pete Carroll's never had a five-game five. Game, five uh, he's had one six-game winning uh, season in his career as a head coach. It was his first year as the Jets. He went six and ten. I mean, the guy's coached 16 years in the National Football League. He's never had a six-win season other than the first one. 
So he's found ways to win games. I'm not saying he's won Super Bowls, but he's found a way. He's been to he's tw- you know he's been to 21 playoff games in his career, in his 12 in his 16 year career. So he understands how to get there. And I, I think ultimately he'll figure out, you know, he's got a new defensive coordinator. They're going to run the ball a little bit more. That's mm-hmm. why I think the overs in play here because it is a low number. Like Atlanta to me is a really bad team with no quarterback. Seattle's a better team with no quarterback. I think it, it makes a lot of sense, and it's why, yes, we, we have to do and provide context when we talk about why these certain win totals are where they're at and why the juice is, is where it's at as well. It's just, it just I think you make a really good point, too. Even if do we view Jimmy G's realistically ending up in Seattle, you know, who, who's to say, but at least that insurance policy is there, at least from the book's perspective here. And you, you talk about the defense. It, look, you talk about investment as well for young players, thinking about where this defense will realistically be. Like Jordan Brooks has certainly come on very strong now as, as a guy who profiles to replace Bobby Wagner, anchoring the linebacker spot. Uh, defensively, what is, the, what is the ceiling for Seattle in 22, given some of the young pieces, given though some of the glaring holes they have elsewhere? Well, they can't. They haven't been able to rush the passer, right? And I think what what you would never know this if you asked anybody in the National Football League who led the league in combined tackles. I think you could give people twenty guesses, and I don't think they would guess Jordan Brooks. I mean, the guy was yeah. the guy was a tackling machine last year for Seattle, and you know that's the reason they moved Bobby Wagner on. They want to be able to get somebody that gives them more speed. What what happens often in in defensive football is if you're Mike Slow. Your defense is slow. And I'm not saying Bobby Wagner was slow, but when you have more speed at the mic position, you can cover the field horizontally, and that allows you to cover up, cover up some of the sins. They're going to be a young team. I mean, they're going to be very, you know, they've got to find more production out of the defense. I mean, L.J. Collier hasn't come as a rusher that they wanted to. Daryl Taylor has shown signs of doing that. They've got to get better up front, there's no doubt. But I do think they're changing who they're going to be. They're no longer going to be – Pete Carroll's scheme. They're going to be a team that utilizes multiplicity and try to change it up. Clint Hurt is the kid they've hired to kind of help coordinate this defense, and I think the evolution will be interesting to see this summer. And and you think about how that'll factor into the rest of this division. They are, let's see, tenth hardest strength of schedule coming in, but all the NFC West teams. It'll be a tough. It's always a tough schedule when you play in that division. Three of the four teams are in the bottom half as far as uh, dip, most difficult strength of schedules this year. Only the Niners are slightly in that easier framed category, thirteenth overall. And so for the division as a whole, where yeah, it's it's I'm, I kind of lean with you. Where it's and I've, I'm always reluctant to just say, okay, well, a team lost a star player, so they're automatically going to be terrible. Even even though like infrastructure, as you point out, to a to a degree, with a guy like Pete Carroll is still there. Uh, so for this division, are you are you still of the mind though that it is of uh, the Rams to lose co- upcoming this year? I, I know we kind of use this right with the with the caveat of a lot of this is going to depend on what we see out of Trey Lance in the preseason, even though it, it'll it be really limited is. reps. But as of right now, July uh, 18th. Who, who do you give the edge to coming out of the West? I'm going to give it to the Rams, but I will say if the, if the 49ers, if Trey Lance does not have to be great, all he's got to do is protect the football, execute the plays. You know, he, they're not going to be a drop-back pass team. He does, you know, all he has to do is take the profits, take what Kyle gives them, let their skill take over. You know, Mitchell, you know, Sermon, all their running backs, allow them, Wilson, allow them to run the ball, stay healthy. You know, one thing about the 49ers now, they have not been a healthy team. I mean, we all, Kittle loses time, Trent Williams misses time, even Debo gets hurt quite a bit. They've got to stay healthy. You know, I'm not an Arizona fan because I think once Murray gets hurt, 
You know, if I've said this many times before, Ben, you know, Buddy Ryan has a great quote. There's a place in football for the little man. It's just not in front of the big man. And that right. sums up Kyler Murray. You know, I mean, he's going to get hit and he's going to get hurt. I think Arizona takes a step back. I don't see it defensively. I think they're older, and I don't think they're going to be able to handle that. So I still like the Rams here. I think the 49ers, and I'm not a Lance guy. I like Mac Jones better than him coming out. I thought he fit what Kyle did better in terms of watching the scheme. But I've got to see more. But if he just plays within himself and doesn't try to do too much, right. I think that's a good play. I, I, but, again, I've got to see it. I'm not going to be like Josh and bet the movement. I'm going to see it with my own eyes because I don't think this line's going anywhere. Right. Right? Like, why not take all the time you need? If you, the, the, thing you, the reason you bet a line on Monday – is because you think the line's out of whack and you think the line's going to move away from you. Why bet if you don't think that? It's a great point. A lot of time, I mean, a lot of time still to break all this stuff down. The one thing that jumps out to me here, Michael, and we talk about these alt-win totals, it, it makes sense if you have a lot of conviction on a particular team. I mean, the because a lot of times teams will go either way over or way under. You don't see a ton of teams ending up right at the number or within one game. Cardinals under eight plus 170. That's at least intriguing to me. If you think they'll disappoint, I mean, that's one that jumps out to me, especially if you, like you, you believe the, the Seahawks are at least going to be competitive in that division. Yeah, I think it'll be hard. Look, the Seahawks, I mean, I know Russell played. He turned the ball over early. They got a touchdown. But if they play, you know, the way they play at the end of the year, Seattle, Arizona had a tough time playing them. Yeah. That's, that's juicy. That's the one juicy one. Eight under plus 170 on the Arizona Cardinals. We'll see. Uh, again, just over 50 days till the start of the season. Michael, it's been a, tr a tremendous pleasure as always hanging out with you Thank on you, a ben. Monday. Dave Ross back at tomorrow. Patrick Maher back in a couple weeks. But up next, it's Odds On. I'm all Shaw, Mike Palm from Circa, our sportsbook studio there in Las Vegas. Michael, take care. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Lombardi Line wrapping up here on a Monday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.